Blog Talk Radio. Like I was, you know, 
thinking of anything or whatever. I was just clearing my mind and breathing and relaxing. But today I went for my acupuncture treatment, and it was truly amazing because when she got to that same spot, um, you know, I said the same thing. That I'm telling you, you know, this is like the spot for me. And she explained to me that every person, according to Chinese medicine, has like, um, I don't remember if it was an element or has a something or other. And, um, you know, some people are the heart, some people are, I guess, the liver, some people are the whatever. And it's just the makeup, the chemistry of the person. It's just the way it is. And since I keep on saying every single time she hits that spot that, oh, that's the center of everything, um, obviously I must be a heart person. And, you know, that literally must be, you know, hitting on some major, you know, center in my in my, you know, energy field or something. So she goes about, she finishes doing everything, and then she leaves the room, and I'm doing my meditation. And somewhere during um, the, the whole process, I just decided, it just felt like it was a very natural, organic thing. I just shifted my attention to that heart spot on my back. And as soon as I did, a voice, which was my voice, said, ah, you noticed me. And the moment I said that, certain things from my childhood that I've been working on for many, many years all cleared. I mean, it was the most amazing process. And it's funny because afterwards I was telling her about it. She said she has another client who is having all these emotional and and spiritual breakthroughs by, you know, doing, just by doing the acupuncture. It just sort of is helping to clear the energy. And, you know, this is like an amazing thing because, I mean, that voice I heard I know is my inner child because I do inner child work. And, um, you know, like if you if you meet a new person or you have a wonderful, exciting, you know, day or relationship, you have a smile on your face and you're like, you, your walk is almost like having, you know, a, 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 a new beat and it's like, you know, walking around smiling and whistling and you just glow. And that's the way I was literally all day. I mean, I, after I left the, the acupuncturist, I went into the supermarket to pick up some stuff. And I'm smiling at everybody walking around like, like you know, like I'm a madly in love with the most important person in the world. And the reality of it is I am with myself. And that's, that's what happened in acupuncture. It was the most amazing thing. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a million people that go through acupuncture that don't have these amazing um, – you know, emotional and spiritual, you know, experiences that I have. But, you know, it, it, for me, it's, 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 I don't even know what the word is, but it's an amazing experience and an amazing process. Well, I mean, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> so what, what great. I mean, <laughs> personally, uh, here in New York, we, we, we don't really have to pay anybody to stab us. So it's, <laughs> yeah, but it's not necessarily yeah, but, uh, a methodical. It's not necessarily a methodical stabbing. At least the depends on which neighborhood you're in, I guess. But the, um, <laughs> the I guess there's some sort Tell of like toxins that, nice that here, release, you know, right? Not here. When uh, when they actually stab the muscle, right? With or, or puncture the muscle, that's how that works. Is well, toxins, it, it, and you're supposed it, to get the toxins out of your body, or well, it's not. Uh, it's really moving energy around. And the interesting thing of it is, you remember when I when I was when I have, was in the hospital in April, um, I had a problem, and you know I periodically still have the problem. And um, when she told me last 
last week that I had absolutely no kidney yin. And the problem I had was not a kidney-related problem at all. But she said I had absolutely no kidney yin. When I did the research on kidney yin, lo and behold, there's the problem. It's right there. And since she's been working on me on a regular basis, the most amazing thing of it is I don't have that problem anymore. And that's not what I went to her for. You know, so when I talked to her about it today, she basically said, what people don't realize is by doing this, according to Chinese medicine, it does um, balance the energy in your body. I mean, we are energy if we acknowledge it or not. And the, there are, you know, energy meridians in our body that in Chinese medicine, you know, they could be working on, like some of the work she does is on my hands, other parts, you know, my, my ankles or, you know, you know, extreme places that have nothing to do with those locations. Um, but there are trigger you know, points in acupuncture. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, any good doctor knows those trigger points. I know my chiropractor always plays with them. I, te- I tease him. He's always got another trick up his sleeve when I, my neck is tense, you know, he'll touch my arm or something that right. you wouldn't think was related. But, yeah, I know the heart and the kidney are, are, are controlled, I think, by the same uh, vertebrae in, in the spine. So that might and, be where the heart spot is and the kidney uh, yin and, uh, are connected. It, it must. It has to be in some way, shape, or form because, like I said, the, the, it was right there in black and white when I was reading the, the uh, kidney yin deficiency thing. There was the problem that I was dealing with. Um, and like I said, the most amazing part of it is I've only been going to her regularly for three weeks, but knock on wood, in that three weeks, I've, I have felt great, and um, I haven't had that problem, so we'll see if it stays away, but, you know, and it's like, it, it makes sense, because I had like five trillion tests, and they I found absolutely nothing physically wrong with me, so it makes sense to me that it's an energy imbalance in some way, shape, or form, but it was amazing, because to me, it was a mind-body-soul connection, because when I'm doing these meditations while I'm you know, having the acupuncture done, um, I have experiences that I rarely have any other time. Like I can go home and, and sit and do the same breathing and the same meditation and not have the same experiences that I have there. So for me, it's it's an incredible, absolutely incredible, um, you know, process. And I really, you know, for... Or if, if somebody feels, if anyone out there is listening and they're, they feel that they're emotionally blocked, I never would have thought to say try acupuncture, but I am saying it now. And for those of you, know, those of you out there that you know, have used any of my life coaching techniques or anything like that, um, you know that at times it, you can hit more or less a roadblock. You can get so far and then just kind of be dangling for a while, not sure of where to go, and or or being aware of the fact that there is a next level, but how do you get there? And I, in the past, I've just basically used the same techniques to try to help a person get through that block. But I'm seeing now that something like acupuncture could really sort of give you that, that inner shift that just changes everything. And again, I'm mentioning this mostly because I'm blown away by it. I truly am, and I'm not guaranteeing that any and everybody, you know, run off and have acupuncture and they're going to start having spiritual awakenings. I, I can't guarantee that's going to happen, but I surely can say it's happened for me. So, on that note, um, I want to talk today, guys, about soulmates. So, let me ask you, um, I want to ask both of you, uh, Dr. Jean and Frank, so... Um, 
whoever I asked first, the other one could be thinking about it. What what do you, what is your interpretation of a soulmate? What do you think a soulmate is, Doctor Jean? Let me start with you. Uh, soulmate is someone who has such a similar consciousness that you can almost automatically finish each other's sentences, or you feel like as soon as you meet the person, you get sort of a deja vu. You feel like you know them already, and often what you're seeing is their psyche and uh, the way they were brought up, their experiences. It, it, it could be either someone of the same sex, someone of, of uh, opposite, you know, it, your orientation doesn't matter. It's just a person who you feel that you've known all your life. That, that's how I would uh, categorize it. Well, then that's actually a very, um, I look at it a little, a slight bit different, but it's a very accurate, accurate interpretation of what you experience when you meet a soulmate. And, and you're 100% right. It doesn't have to be the opposite sex. I mean, some of our closest soulmates could be our mother, our father, our brother, our sister, our best friend, you know, of the same sex. It doesn't have to be a love situation. Frank, what's your interpretation of a soulmate? Oh, he's probably, he is screening calls, so we'll get his um, his interpretation in a couple minutes. But, um, well, one, one thing that I wanted to talk about regarding soulmates is um, a soulmate is what you said, Dr. Dr. Jean, as far as having that phenomenal connection. From a spiritual per- perspective, we often say that souls travel lifetime to lifetime together. And what I yes. think uh, yeah, and what I you feel like you've known the person like, exactly. Like you feel like you grew up with the person, or you knew them when you were younger, but you never met the person before. And right. my interpretation I, is that they remind you of similar people, family members that you've known, and you know the similarities overwhelm the differences, and and there's a sort of chemistry between you. Yes. A lot of that is biological, also that you don't right control now. You're, you're a psychologist, so. Um, you're, you're, you're giving a very clinical definition of it because when I look at it and, and that connection is there, um, I'm very strongly feeling this is somebody that we traveled with, soul, that souls travel together, that we have known from a previous lifetime. Um, now, one of the, what I find one of the most astonishing and powerful and important aspects of a soulmate is something we don't think about. And those of you that... that do work with me know that I very strongly believe that before we come into this lifetime, we make certain contracts with with various souls and, and various people. And when Frank is back here, I want to talk to him about one soul level connection that I know is in his life and why I say that. Um, so, but more importantly for 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 this conversation right now, without Frank, is that. When you, before we come into this lifetime, I believe that we more or less chart things out. Okay, in this lifetime, I want to deal with this issue, that issue, you know, and, and three other issues. And then you're sitting around, just like we're doing now when we're writing the script for our new TV show that we can't talk about yet. Um, we're, 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 we're coming up with beginnings, we're coming up with endings, we're coming up with what goes in the middle. We're writing it all, and we're then saying, okay, uh, you know, Dr. Jean plays this role, Lady Fontaine plays this role, Sky McKenna plays that role, and, and all the players have a particular role in, in, this, in this script, right? I right, think Dr. so, Jean? yeah. That's what you call your life 
script, and that I, that is it was also brought up as part of uh, the same negative experiences over and over, the repetition compulsion, that this is the issue, and it's going to recur over and over with different people, and yes. often these were people that, that you met in another lifetime, uh, according yes. to your interpretation, but, but whatever it is, it's, it's the same type of problem over and over and over in this lifetime. Right. That's part right. of and the until life. You, until you get what, what the pro, until you resolve the underlying issue of the problem, you're going to continue to experience that. So in my lifetime, I had a very challenging um, childhood, and I had a very challenging relationship with my father. So, you know, I could sit here and... Um, dislike him, as, which at times I do, and, and I get mad and angry and hurt and all the human emotions. Or I could look at it from more of a big picture um, perspective, which I also try to do, where I'm thinking, you know, he is truly one of my most important soulmates in this lifetime because truly what they say from a spiritual perspective is a soulmate is is generally a person who you have the most... Um, intense and oftentimes dramatic and sometimes the most painful experiences with um, because in reality, from a spiritual perspective, you, you've already bought into some sort of contract with them and truly the only people who would ever hurt you like that are people who truly love you and want to help you grow spiritually and emotionally. So sometimes, I'm not saying every soulmate connection is a torturous relationship, but when there's ultimately something that we can learn and gain, and for those people who listen to the show regularly um, or work with me one-on-one, you know that one of the most core parts of what I teach is getting the gift and getting the lesson in any experience that's happening. And we can stay stuck with, in being a victim for eternity if we choose to do that. And But once you get the gift or lesson, you're sort of automatically transformed into a different um, perspective of a situation. And when you get that gift or lesson, there's that other component that I talk about all the time that comes in, which is gratitude, and be grateful for the experience. And when you're in that frame of mind, you realize that sometimes the people who create situations in your life that are, are dramatic or painful or, or, you know, learning experiences are a true soulmate because they're the people that love you the most and want you to, to, to gain and aspire to things. So soulmates aren't always that person that we seek out to have the connection that Dr. Jean was talking about early. That's earlier. That's one kind of soulmate. But there's more than one type of soulmate. And truly, when you do meet your soulmate, I'm, I often get the, the question is, how can I be sure if the person I'm with is my soulmate? Let me tell you something. If you're asking yourself that question, then that person is not your soulmate. Because when you meet a soulmate, you know it. There is that, that déjà vu kind of feeling that more than just physical or more than just emotional connection. It's a perfect, it's perfect, as perfect as any relationship can be, but it's a blending of um, strengths and weaknesses and chemistry and knowing, this just sense of knowing that a person is right for you and also knowing that, you know, that sort of like you guys transcend, you know, um, past, present, future, or whatever. I mean, it's just meant to be. 
And when you're in a relationship where you are with somebody and, you know, you, you know them for six months and you can't remember ever not having them in your life and, and things flow pretty easily, but, you know, it's not to say that there's not situations where, where life will be a challenge because there always is. But when you're in a situation like that and you feel it and you know it, it the, the, the concept truly is knowing it, then truly you are in a soulmate situation. If you're asking yourself if the person that you're with is your soulmate, then truly they're not. But um, Frank, Frank, you're, you're back, aren't you? I am back. Hi. I think okay. I missed a Hi. huge I chunk of that, though. Well, I want to, okay, but I, I saved a part for you, for you because Uh-oh. I had mentioned earlier that don't panic when you hear me starting to say this, but I'm very aware of the soulmate um, connection that you have in this lifetime, and it's not what you think I'm going to say. Um, and, and why I'm saying this is um, I, can, I remember when you and I talked for the first time, and I remember somewhere in that conversation, you did your your voice. <laughs> can, can, can we hear your voice? Like, pretend you're doing the parano- paranormal news, which you used to do here on the show. Uh, my my voice, as in, well, it's the same voice I'm using now, but uh, that's well, my voice. Do it like in, hi, this is Frank Todaro. And hi, this, this is Frank Todaro, and... This is the paranormal news, or the invisible world, or I am the future, or, uh, I don't know, Looney Tunes or something. Right. So when I heard that voice, I knew that, I knew just what I, I mean, obviously you didn't say that because we created that together, that concept, but the voice was there, and I knew, I envisioned, I knew what I wanted, and Frank did the paranormal news on the show probably for, you know, three, four, or five months or something like that. So, um... Since you've known me, um, what's happened in your life? Has anything different happened? Uh, well, I um, I didn't think that I would make a career out of radio, uh, per se. But um, being on this show, I will say that it, it has inspired me uh, definitely to do my own. And it's I more or less figured out that this is this is a this is a heck of a lot of heck of a lot of fun. And since then, it's sort of um, become my main focus now so that's uh that's a real big thing and uh, yeah that, among other that things, is but, no but that but, is uh, and and true and frank's got a great show following this show here on blog talk radio uh his show is called the invisible world um and i co-host his show but um he he's phenomenal i, I mean he's really phenomenal on that show he's done live shows i mean he's he really has um just being on my show has in some way opened a lot of doors for you and changed things for you. And um Definitely again the way I think about what I want to do. So that's right. uh, that's big. Right. And and then plus there there is a TV show that we can't really talk about yet that um yeah. is for us, but I can't say that Frank is going to be a part of that show as well. So the opportunities that have come forth just with Frank and I hooking up, you know, just him giving me that voice and me then envisioning the paranormal news and, you know, one thing happened after the other. Um, this, we can say, is a soul-level connection. I mean, it, 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 it just is. And it doesn't mean anything more than certain doors open, opportunities come up. 
Um, and it's, it becomes a very valuable learning experience because, quite frankly, if this, if he, he never, if he never contacted me regarding me looking for a co-host, I'm not saying the same doors wouldn't open up, but they, they may have or may not have, and they may have opened up in a different way. But his whole life, his life has changed, um, you know, in a lot of ways, and I feel it's only going to get better. So that, that to me is truly what a soul level connection is. It isn't always that, that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. It so often is important relationships that come up and doors that open. And soulmates at times enter into our lives just to give us an experience. And then, often, then sometimes they disappear. And then the, the gift and the lesson is there for us to figure out. That's also a soul-level connection. It's not always, and again, I'm, I'm just reiterating because everybody here is soulmate and everybody's striving for that soulmate type of relationship. Some are out there, but more often than not, you're, you're meeting soulmates almost on a daily basis, people who are instrumental in many ways to help us grow and help us learn. Well, I, I think when people use the term soulmate, that's, they're, just, they're using the terminology because they want that kind of connection in a significant other. I mean, who doesn't want... I mean, that's how it works. I mean, that's how a relationship truly works is... Uh, I mean, who wouldn't want a person who you would learn from, who would change your life, who would sort of like, for lack of a better term, infect every aspect of your life and make it better and enhance it. And, You're right. Uh, and, of course, that, that's just the, the, the words that you use. I'm looking for my soul mate. Usually, mate means two. There's only one, and a, and its partner. You know, so I mean, it's a mate who is connected to your soul, and the soul is something that I mean, this is an entirely different topic, but the soul is something unquantifiable. We don't know what the soul is, right? Um, or we have a good idea of what the soul is. Some people are, are much more in tune with the concept of a soul, uh, and some some people deny it exists, uh, but we think they still have those. But um, I mean, it's the most personal connection that you can have, the connection of something that we can't even define. So I suppose that is really what you could say is going on when you say that you love someone. Because love is also, it's not necessarily an emotion. It's, again, this unquantifiable force, this thing. You can love somebody and hate them. You can love somebody and also emotionally love them. But there's this connection there that you can't really put your finger on. Think it's about like the family. Intense. That's what that's what it is. Whether it's intense negative or intense positive, it's always very intense. If there's love involved, yeah, because love enhances. Yeah, if there's everything. hatred involved too, when that love turns to hatred, it, it's just as intense and just as negative as it was positive. See, the way I see it though is that love and hatred are not necessarily opposite ends of the same spectrum. Love supersedes that. It's the family member that you love, but you can't stand to be around because you hate them. There is a certain connection. And I guess what I'm getting at is if the word soul and the word love are both unquantifiable forces, what's to say they're not the same thing? So when you say that you love somebody, how do you know you're not actually sharing whatever this crazy thing is called a soul that we've been trying to figure out for centuries and centuries and centuries of about uh, the philosophers and poets have been writing about love and this and that and roses and parquet lounges and whatever. Uh, 
Well, now we're finding in that the same part of the brain that is stimulated during intense love is also stimulated during a breakup or when somebody's very angry or expressing hateful thoughts to somebody. The, well, the brain looks yeah. the same in either in either uh, place. That's fascinating because if that is, if there is necessarily this soul connectivity going on there that we're calling love, that whatever massaging you do to that little organ is going to, I guess, pull on whatever it's attached to. Maybe there is a part of the brain that interprets the soul that we haven't really, you know, mastered yet. But, um, mastered, but really discovered. But I'm blathering on and on about this, but there's, a, there's almost a theology involved there between uh, the definitions of just the term soul and love and maybe even God for all we know maybe it's an experience of uh, something even more in religious proportions but uh, I don't want to alienate anyone (laughs) even any further but um, it's interesting when you're just talking about the words soul meet maybe we found the seed of the soul in the brain well see we don't I don't know that we know that I, I kind of feel the soul is something other than the brain, but but see, I what, what you were saying, Dr. Jean, about um, from a from a, a scientific standpoint, um, love and extreme emotions regarding love or hate look the same, and that to me, that's your emotional body taking over, and that that's our our sort of like looking through a lens and seeing it from a, from a particular perspective. That to me is different than than soul. I feel we're personalizing and we're humanizing the concept of soul um, for for this show anyhow. But I don't want to get so lost in this conversation that we don't get to some of the other things that we have planned today. But I do want to talk more about um, how to draw in that soul level connection that we've been talking about, the thing that we really, most of us really, really crave, which is that wonderful connection and that wonderful synergy. Um, with with somebody, but that's going to have to come a little bit later in the show. All right. Well, just a quick reminder, everybody out there, the phone lines are, in fact, open. So please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. They're here to answer all of your questions. So, again, call 646-381-4141. Expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your question at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. That's mailbag at ladyfontaine.com, those bases. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few of those questions each week to answer live on each show. That equates to getting a free reading, so don't miss this incredible opportunity. Send us your questions now. If you don't want your real name used on the air, please let Lady Fontaine know. But in order for your question to be answered correctly, we, uh, we're going to need you to provide your real names and some background in the specific question within the context of the email. We will honor your requests for anonymity, though, so don't worry about that. Delight, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be, taking, will be talking more about soulmates, and they will begin taking calls right after the mailbag question. So uh, give us a call, 646 646- Three eight one four one four one. But for now, it's time for the Sky McKenna Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website, Sky McKenna, S K Y E M A C K E N N A dot com. Hello. 
Hello everybody, this is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or you can go to my website, skymckenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that too. So, we've got the wind at our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this then is for the week beginning, Sunday, October 10th, 2010. Well, I hope you're ready for some good energy news because we should be in for a breath of fresh air and or some downtime for sorting things out if we need it. Because we're in for a week of rare astrological openness that will come breezing through our lives this week. We only have one, yes, only one major aspect in the sky this week, and that's late in the week. Mercury will conjunct the sun, and amazingly, that's the only new energy in the sky for us. Although Venus, the planetary ruler of Libra, is still retrograde till November 18th, actually, and we still have some of that Libra new moon energy around us, but other than that, we are free to roam about the cabin and launch new projects and meet new people and go new places and or just luxuriously expand our energies in whatever direction we desire this week. And with that recent new moon in Libra, Venus' own ruling sign, and Venus turning retrograde, we are still being asked to reevaluate and reconsider what brings us joy, what adds value value to our lives, and who and what are worthy of our love, or not. And at the end of this Skywatch, I'll be returning to Venus retrograde in Scorpio and how each sign may experience our energy this time around, because this is a very significant aspect, and we should be paying attention to it. Venus in Scorpio is a very intense energy, and a retrograde will make this quality even stronger and more passionate toward people, places, things, or to ourselves and our dreams. An early major aspect this week occurs on Saturday, October 16th, when the Sun conjuncts Mercury. And during this transit, we can expect to be clear thinking and be communicating well and very quickly. We can also experience a flow of new ideas and sudden aha moments and even new inspirations. Although one of the few challenges with this aspect is acting, thinking, or speaking too quickly before considering what really should be said or done. And also, if we can think back to September 3rd, when these two energies also met in a conjunction, when Mercury was still in retrograde motion, we'll have an idea of what plans we thought about then that are ready to get the green light now. This aspect marks the birth of new beginnings for us, and new ideas we may have only dreamed about in early September. And now, we can move ahead with those plans. So, think back to what was happening in early September, and welcome that green light that's finally switched to on. Now this week I want to continue the theme talking about Venus's turn to retrograde motion on October 8th through November 18th and talk about how and where Venus's upcoming retrograde will affect each sign. Venus retrograde in Scorpio is passionate and intense and it's going to be about seeing the real worth or not of people and things in our lives. Weak or troubled relationships may fall now and even strong ones may be challenged. Over these few weeks we may also find ourselves drawn to a different kind of beauty than we usually are and we're going to be asked to evaluate and redecide, if necessary, about relationships and those things in our lives. And we may find that we have to come to some very hardcore decisions, especially about our closest relationships. And as usual, this will apply to your sun sign and ascendant rising sign if you know it. Aries, during this upcoming period, be mindful of joint resources and other people's money. It might also be a good time to consider releasing old, dusty, worn-out things in your life and replace them with frisky new things. 
Taurus, your close partnerships may need a second or third look-see, and you may find yourself taking a long, hard look at what's really working in your relationships and just what isn't. And then think about some decisions that will shake things up and begin again one way or the other. Gemini, you'll be looking for more satisfying ways to take care of your health, your job, and how you live your life each day. Addressing all those seemingly small things, reviewing and revamping personal habits, including eating better, moving more, and getting enough rest, will result in major life changes that will startle you. Cancer, things that bring you joy and happiness will be up for review, and you may be reassessing the romantic situation in your life and considering what needs to change. You may also be ready to drop things and move into a new way of creating in your life. Leo, not only will your physical home come up for a hard look, but your inner world as well. You'll be assessing and reassessing the security you have or don't have and redefining where you truly feel at home and how to get there and probably seeing and choosing new goals, inner and outer ones. Virgo, you may feel called to pull in the welcome mat now and discover that less is more in the social side of your life. Walks in nature may suddenly appeal more than having a busy social calendar and may actually help you get clear and accomplish goals that you forgot you had. Libra, your finances and those things you value or thought you valued will be getting your attention. And you may and probably will be assessing how and where you earn your dollars and whether it truly satisfies you. And you'll be deciding what you really, really do want in your life. Scorpio, you're on stage here. This is all about you. You may rethink your personal image and decide if that's truly the you that you want to present. You'll be giving yourself a second look now and watch for a new you to be in the works. Sagittarius. Retrospection and introspection will pull you to new places, and there are likely people, places, or things behind the scenes working in your favor that you weren't aware of yet. Look within and hold off deciding who or what you want until the information arrives on your front doorstep. Capricorn, the dreams you've taken for granted so long may begin to look a bit tarnished, and your current crop of friends might as well. This is a time for you to sort through your hopes and wishes, and also sort through the friends that truly care about you from those that don't. Aquarius, your career and reputation come up for review. You may find yourself reassessing your goals and winnowing out those things that worry you and at the same time clarifying what things will bring your life true satisfaction on the job and otherwise. Pisces, thinking big right now may not seem as satisfying or as affordable. Ideas and ideals you once cared about may not be as important to you now. You'll likely find yourself reconsidering how big you really want to go and whether your current direction is the direction that's going to carry you there. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. As always, what an amazing report. And she said something at the beginning of her report about this week being a time of, you know, uh, um, like emotional shifts and awakenings. And I can't not think about my experience in acupuncture. So I guess it was just in the stars. But to learn more about Sky, please visit her website at skymckenna.com. 
or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link directly to her website. You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Achieve Radio. That's AchieveRadio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. Well, it is time for the uh, mailbag question of the day. You guys ready? Yeah. First one starts, Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, I've tried every meditation, hypnosis program, and positive thinking program out there to manifest the things I truly desire, and truthfully, none have worked. It actually seems like things get worse when I use these programs, so I am very reluctant to even try. What am I doing wrong? I've had a string of relationships with men who are unavailable. I was laid off my job five years ago, and I'm over 50. I wasn't able to get another job, so I needed to start my own business on a shoestring. And things are building slowly, but it's hard to make ends meet. I used to make a six-figure salary. My first year in my own business, I made about $20,000. My mortgage payment is more than that. I have steadily increased... But I've steadily increased, but I am still making significantly less than half of what I used to make. I have an okay income, but far behind my mortgage and other bills that I'm not sure of how to escape the inevitable. Can you help me, please? This is Dina in St. Louis. Oh boy, um, this is a—it's it, a tough situation, um, you know, with the economy and everything else. Um, but let me just zoom in on her energy. I, I found it interesting. I almost chuckled, and I don't mean to make light of it, but you, when you were reading that, you said that her first year of business, she made 20000 and then um, her mortgage payment, she said, is more than that. I certainly hope her monthly mortgage payment isn't more than that, because if, she, if it is, she's going to have to downsize. Um, but, you know, when I scan Dina's energy, um, I'm picking up a few things. First of all, I have to say, she feels like um, an extremely hard worker. She feels very, very, very focused and, and very career-driven. She really, really does. Um, even though this this um, email kind of is, I don't know, it's sort of, I, I don't want to, I feel she's legitimately asking for help here, so I don't want to say that it sounds like she's looking at it from the wrong perspective. But when I read her energy, I feel as, as hard as she works, as sure as she is of things, it's almost like she's expecting the worst. She's almost expecting um, something to, you know, the rug to be pulled out from under her in a way. So when I look ahead, what I do continue to see for Dina is um, further expansion. And it actually feels um, to me now through, I would say, the middle part of 2011, I do expect to see very significant expansion for her, very, very significant. So my gut feeling is she's working on something that has the potential of, you know, really skyrocketing for her. But I want to address what she said at the beginning of her email about um, that she's tried every sort of meditation and hypnosis program and positive thinking program and things like that. She hasn't been able to manifest the things that she truly desires. Unfortunately, there's no way around it. It goes back to what we talk about all the time here on this show, and that is sort of get out of your, get, try to get out of your head as far as the things that you want. I mean, a lot of these programs tell you, you know, to visualize, you know, the, the new house, the new car. And the downside of that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing that, but it, it's very important to be cognizant and aware of 
what you're thinking and how you're feeling when you're doing that. Because unfortunately, 90% of the people when they're doing it are wanting that new car or wanting that new house or wanting that better job. And for the regular listeners, you know what wanting means. It basically sends out lack to the universe, therefore you get lack back. Um, I truly feel that she needs to realize that she's more empowered than she thinks she is um, because there's some really fabulous things coming for Dina, and I don't want her to be missing the opportunity. I feel it's just going to get better for her. I feel it's almost like she's she's been building a foundation on building blocks, and suddenly they're getting cemented together and turning into very strong cement or something like that because I feel the whole structure around her getting very solidified as new doors and new opportunities open for her. So I feel 2011 is going to be an amazing year for her, um, but I do highly suggest that she continue doing a lot of the things that she's doing as far as the meditation and the hypnosis programs. Just be more aware of feeling it, not wanting it. Dr. Jean? Well, you know, she said that in a bad economy, she made 20000 Now, a lot of times you don't make any money for the first few years of a business. Probably oh, wow. she was living pretty high. Yeah, yeah, those are appropriate statistics. And she doesn't have much to live off as far as savings. Um, she has a high mortgage. The American way is to figure that we're going to earn what we're earning and more. So she is scared because being at what some people consider near retirement age or even retirement age, you expect to have more. And maybe this is the lesson that she has to put away money for the rainy day or now for retirement but certainly I see this the good opportunity that she did lose the job now instead of later with nothing saved, and she does have the opportunity to be her own boss. That happens to just about everybody. Once you're over 50, you have to start your own business. Nobody really wants to hire you at, at a long-term growth job. The other thing is once she's successful in her own business, she can do consulting with some of the companies she used to work with, uh, when they don't have to give you benefits, they're much more likely to uh, hire, especially an older person as an independent contractor. Um, you know, it could be a lesson in disguise as she was doing the meditation and everything. That was preparing her for the stress that was coming down the line, even if she wasn't aware that she was going to lose the job. And now she has tools to deal with the internal stress. She just has to deal with the reality stress of uh, earning enough to, to stay above water, even if it means taking another job outside her field just to supplement the income. You know, that's a possibility, too. That is. If she's Absolutely. earning six figures, she obviously has some skills. Right. Um, it's interesting because her, her email or her letter doesn't really say that she's content in her in her career. However, when I read her energy, I feel this new business is more aligned with her than it was when she was working for somebody else. And and that doesn't always um, happen with, I mean, some people aren't good at working for themselves, but I feel for her it works, and it works very, very well. So my gut feeling is, you know, all these, all this hard work and all this scurrying around that she's done for however long it is that she's had her own business um, is going to pay off for her in a big way. But I think you brought up some very um, valid points, very, very valid points as far as, um, you know, even looking at other avenues if, if it's that tight. I do feel 
that um, you know she's she didn't quite say it in 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 words, but I feel it, it's I feel the very heavy burden on her financially, and I feel she's significantly behind. And I mean, she said she's be did she say she's far behind in her mortgage? Because it really feels that she's in jeopardy of losing her property. Yeah, um, yeah, and that that's scary. I mean, that's that is scary, reality. and it's hard. Right, it's hard to be positive. I mean, it's something we've talked about before. How do you? implement a positive thinking program, um, I'm wealthy, you know, I'm, I'm going to win the lottery or whatever when you're risking, you know, losing your home or filing bankruptcy or whatever it is. These are very scary times. Um, you know, it's amazing to me. I mean, I know right now a lot of foreclosures are on hold with, you know, what's going on with Bank of America and stuff like that. But, you know, tons of people unfortunately have lost their homes and, you know, there's a ton more losing their homes. And it's amazing to me with, you know, all the money that our government dishes out for everything else that, you know, where do these people go when they lose their homes? There should be some program set up to help them. I yeah, mean, you can't know, pay the mortgage. You're not going to pay rent that easily. You'll get an apartment that easily. She's talking about 20000 a year now, 2000 a month mortgage. If, if that's her mortgage, which isn't that unusual, it's 24000 a year. It is more than she's earning. Right, right, and and my bigger concern for her is nowadays, and maybe it's got more lenient, but most people want a credit history, they want, you know, a, a yeah. reference, they want this and that of where you were before. But I guess even, you know, people who own rental buildings and everything or homes that they want to rent maybe are, are more lenient nowadays because of the state of the economy. But it's hard times, but like I said, on the plus side, I do see some very positive things um, coming into her life. Um, in her energy right now, to me, it feels like she's making significantly more than 20000 I know she said her first year she was making 20000 I don't think she's told us how long she's had her own business, but um, I just feel, you know, to me, honestly, it feels like she's doubled, doubled or tripled that. So, you know, that doesn't feel like it's a I, – so I feel she would be able to afford – you know, this particular person, Dina, I feel would be able to afford her, you know, moving into a 2000 a month, you know, apartment or home or whatever it is. Um, because, honestly, if I was reading her energy without, without her saying all of the financial stuff going on, it, she feels very successful. She really does. And she still carries that air of success and confidence in her energy. This woman, I'm telling you, is going to go far. So, Dina, please keep in touch. Please tell us how things work out in the next few months for you. You've got some very big things headed your way. All right. We actually have another letter here. Would you guys like to hear another one? Yeah. All right. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, I met my soulmate in 2003. We've been together since then. This has been the best relationship I've ever been in. Then the ex-wife emerges and havoc breaks loose. Jerome, my boyfriend started getting quiet and aloof. I tried to get him to talk, to tell me what was on his mind. He started coming home later and not wanting to have sex. I knew he was seeing her. The former wife's name is Sharon. I tried to give him the space he needed, but then I accused him, and he denied he was seeing her, but told me he needed a break. He told me he was confused about his feelings for me. He told me time and time again that he was not seeing his ex, but I don't believe it. Why else would he suddenly split with me? My heart is breaking as I am writing this, Lady Fontaine. Please tell me how to get through this and what to do. 
I'm not sure how to pick up the pieces after this. I'm in shock. We talked about getting engaged around the holidays, and now this. Help. Renee. Now, Renee is is the woman who wrote the letter. Uh, Sharon is the name of the ex-wife, and Jerome is the boyfriend involved. Wow. Um, What an unfortunate situation. The one thing I do want to say is, um, to me, when I read everyone's energy here, when I read Jerome's energy, he is not confused about his feelings for Renee. I feel he's confused about his feelings for Sharon. And I feel that it's, it's interesting because I feel their divorce was pretty, um, pretty intense. You know, I don't feel that it was just a, you know, going in separate directions kind of divorce. And, and that's why it almost feels interesting that they were able to even rekindle something here. But, Wait um, a minute, I, the soulmate, uh, what, what did we talk about? The passionately right. hatred or the passionately yeah. intense is, is still intense. So even though the ex-wife might not be good for him, when he's away from her, he misses some excitement or something uh, that he thinks he had. He misses it maybe what he what he wishes for because he never really had it or he wouldn't have left her. Well, that's true. And and I I actually when I look at this psychically, I'm not seeing that this thing between Jerome and Sharon is is going to work. I mean, I feel he needs a break to sort things out in his own mind, and I do feel he's going to, you know, experiment with the situation with Sharon, and I'm not saying they're necessarily going to run off and get married again, because I don't feel that, but I do feel they're going to sort of reconnect in a way, but I'm not feeling very positive about the potential for them in the long run, and even in the short run. My gut feeling, Renee, is this relationship is going to, um, between the two of them, is going to last for a very short period of time. I would say four to six weeks. It could go eight weeks, but I'd be surprised if it goes that far. Um, and really, I would say don't take um, Jerome back right away. Let him think about things. He wanted this time to get clarity of thought, not to go off and have a fling with his ex-wife. So give him that time to really think and let him come to the point where he realizes in his mind that that you truly are the one for him. Because it's very interesting, the, the synergy between Renee and Jerome is so different it's like night and day than the energy between Jerome and his ex-wife. So um, he needs, he's the one who needs to get this out of his system. I feel once he reconnects with her, he's going to realize that, you know, this isn't for him and that he had the woman of his dreams. And then I feel he'll be headed back to Renee. I feel, like I said, it's going to take, um, you know, months to two months, but it will happen. I, I have... Um, really no doubt about it and the potential of him, of Jerome and Sharon working out in this relationship to me is, you know, minus 20. I just don't see it happening. Dr. Jean? No, I don't, I don't see it happening either. I think that he misses the intensity and the excitement. It's, it's kind of like he's an adrenaline junkie and things with his, his current wife, uh, Sharon, uh, are going too uh, too calmly, and, and he doesn't feel comfortable. You know, a lot of people make the mistake of, of seeing the intensity as being a sign of great love, and it, and it really isn't. It, it's a sign of excitement and, 
and a whole bunch of things that are going on uh, that are negative, and, and, you know, what you're really missing is, is what you wish you had, because what you had was a mess, and I think that as he gets closer to the ex-wife, he sees it, but I always talk about the approach avoidance. When you're away from the person, you remember what you think was good. You can project anything because now they're a fantasy. It doesn't even have to be real. When you uh-huh. get back with this Renee person, then you see her as she really is, and you're like, oh, my God, let me run back to wife Sharon. But, you know, there is something in his system that he really should work out. It's like I always recommend usually to women, don't try to get all your excitement from marriage or a relationship. Try to get it from other activities. If he craves excitement, you know, maybe he's got to... Uh, go skydiving or something or or maybe Sharon can think of something exciting they can do together or something that spice up their own sex life but uh, he he can't uh, confuse something being exciting with, with it being a, a good thing or a loving experience I, I think he's stuck in that and unfortunately you know Sharon's stuck there and this is a comfortable relationship, and Sharon is much healthier emotionally in that she's comfortable with being comfortable, and he really isn't. That's well, I think, and I think, but I, I you, actually, like I think you said, you can't rush to take him back either. He's got to work it out. Right. He does have to work it out. And I think you brought up a few really good points and things that, you know, um, maybe in future weeks we'll talk about because, you know, the uh, – so often people, and you, you, you nailed this, Dr. Jean, um, misinterpret the intense feelings or intensity in a relationship as being something other than, or being something so great. Um, you know, but it, 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 you know, so many people think that that's love and that's everything else, but oftentimes it's, it's a lot of aggravation and it's a lot of hurt. And I had this very recently surface for myself because somebody from my past re-entered my life or tried to re-enter my life and I'm, I was very distant and very uninterested because to me it's interesting because he, he was calling me for weeks and months and I was just ignoring the calls and finally he called me from a different number and I picked up and um, <laughs> we all know when, <laughs> well apparently I, was, I didn't get it but um, so, you know, when, when we were talking and I said, you know, I'm not getting what, what the draw is here. I said, I think of what we had and I think of it was 90%, you know, um, uh, drama and aggravation and all this other kind of stuff. And he, he said to me, Lady Fontaine, you're nuts. He goes, it was 90% perfect and heavenly and this and that. And I'm like, what? what? Who are you involved with? Because it certainly wasn't me. But, you know, from his perspective, maybe it was great. I don't know. But I identified more with what you said, that when you're apart, then it becomes a fantasy. You could frame it any way that you want to frame it. So, so and I think that that's something that I would like to talk about in future shows because um, I come across a tremendous number of clients that are in situations that they get so drawn in with that intensity and that, that um, you know, drama that's going on in the relationship, and they misinterpret that as love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the excitement and the love there, they see it as loving passion, and, and it really isn't. It's, uh, no, it isn't. But, uh, again, it isn't. if you feel nothing all the time, it's better to feel that than to feel nothing. So that's why I always suggest that they get involved in some 
activities or something outside the relationship, not another relationship, but other forms of pleasure where they feel excitement and they feel something. No, I agree, and that's something that we've been talking about on, on many, many shows, not to rely just on your relationship and or your partner for your, you know, happiness, your fulfillment, your entertainment. It's wonderful to have things in common um, with the person that you're with, but it's also important to maintain you being an individual person. So I think that that's going to be a topic for a, a future show. We've got a bunch of callers who have been very, very patient waiting for us, um, so, Frank, can you tell us who our first caller is? Sure thing. Our first caller is Maria, and she's transitioning into a new job. And I uh, want to ask you about that, or if she will be. Sure. Maria, are you with Maria. us on the line? Hello, Hi, Maria. Maria. Hi. Okay. Um, my question is, I, uh, I really want to go back into photography. It's what I used to do for a living. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, I'm just, I have a job that's not even really paying the bills. Um, do you see me either getting work over the next uh, couple of months, either as a freelancer or as a uh, um, working for someone else in, in any capacity, because it's not exactly what I want to do, or am I going to have to wait uh, longer? Well, to me, without a doubt, I I feel you're going to get something. And and before you even said freelancer, what I was going to say to you is I feel feel an opportunity. To me, it feels right around the corner, but it doesn't feel long-term. So it feels to me you're going to be sort of consigned or something to do a particular job. Um, And I do feel it's going to be challenging for you and something very interesting for you as well. Um, so I feel an opportunity in, with photography is going to be coming up. I would say certainly before the end of this year, kind of even feels to me with, within the next few, I, would, I want to say right now three weeks, four weeks, it feels extremely close. Um, but full-time or, or you, know, um, you know, permanent work or, or something of that nature, I'm feeling the greatest potential and the greatest opportunity for you um, Right now, it kind of looks to me, February, March of 2011, an opportunity is going to come up that is um, extraordinary for you, absolutely extraordinary. I feel it involves travel for you, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, a wonderful um, thing. Okay, good. But it, it, it definitely involves travel for you. It feels thrilling. It feels challenging. It feels like as close to a dream job as I think anybody can get in this economy. So the right opportunity for you is out there. It's still several months away, you know, four or five months away. But I do see freelance work coming. And actually, it almost feels like somebody has. It, it's a very. I, I, it almost feels like a book or you know, like a book on photography or something. Have you thought of doing that yourself? I, I have, um, and that would be my dream job is, is doing a job and having a an opportunity to do a, a travel photography book. Because um, that's ultimately what I want to do. Um, this this thing that's coming up in the next few weeks is it a a one-time freelance opportunity that's going to just pay me once and not generate more income or lead to me? Well, um, it does not feel to me that it's 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 going to lead to a tremendous 
um, opportunity for you. It doesn't. It kind of feels like it's a one-shot deal. The only thing is the one shot doesn't feel like it's, you know, one day that they need you to do something. It feels like um, it's, uh, but I almost want to say, you know, a, a few weeks or something of them needing you to do whatever it is, you know, whatever they need to be photographed. Um, but then it's going to end. So it doesn't feel to me that, you know, it's opening tremendous doors. This opportunity next year, I mean, I mean, it is so aligned with your energy, and it is so, like I said, as close to a dream job as you can get. In between there, between um, this job that's coming your way in the next couple of weeks and what I see for you in, you know, the early part of 2011, there's a couple of potential things. Again, those feel very small. They feel like a day or two of work. Um, so there are, except right around the holidays, it feels to me almost like um, immediately when I said that, I, I, I saw a huge Christmas tree, and it almost feels like a super, uh, like a department store or something. So I'm not sure where that would lead to or, or what, but it feels to me in that type of environment, um, there will be some work for you in December as well. But it doesn't, none of this feels long-term or steady until we get to 2011. Then, wow. The fulfillment of your dreams is what my guides are telling me. Can can I change? Um, do you need to change that if I do want to promote myself, or if I do that, will I set myself off course? Number one, can no, I change? No, no, do it, do it. Um, what, what any psychic um, can do. The only thing a psychic can do when they read you is read based on your current what what your current choice is. And we all have free choice to change anything. If you promote yourself more and spend more effort on you, you, you without a doubt can change what I just said. Absolutely. But will that take away the opportunity in March, which sounds like I my don't dreams think so. of? No, because that no. one feels so right. You know, let me say this to you. Something better could come up. If something better comes up between now and um, March, then, you know, go for it. Um, but my gut feeling is... You're, the exposure will just bring you more of these um, shorter jobs and shorter opportunities. I see you doing stuff, but it doesn't have that same, you know, if you were listening to the beginning part of the show almost about what we were talking about with that soulmate kind of connection, you know, when you know yeah. you're in a soulmate level connection, um, it, it almost feels to me that the job is that aligned with your energy. So it, the, the, the March job. So prior to that, I feel you're going to have some great, potential job opportunities if you promote yourself, um, but they don't feel as aligned with your energy as the March. So you're going to know. You're going to know if something's right for you. So let's assume that you promote yourself. You get an opportunity. They then say, hey, we, you know, this could go longer or we really would like you to do this, that, or the other thing. You're intrinsically going to know if it's aligned with your energy or not. I'm not saying don't take money. Um, you know, if someone's offering you to do job, a job, but then keep your options open and wait for full-time employment in, in March because that one is going to change your life. Okay, wow. Okay, all right. Well, um, I, I, didn't, I was hoping to be a freelancer. It sounds like the job that's in March is a job working for someone else. It does it feel that way to me. It does feel that way. I feel the other jobs that I'm feeling around you, the shorter jobs, do feel freelance, but they're not feeling to me at this point um, to be getting you out of the, you know, like you're saying right now, you're hardly making enough money to cover your bills. And it doesn't feel to me that, that that's really your ticket right now. I'm not saying don't freelance or I'm not saying don't further 
um, promote yourself because if you do, I feel the one or two opportunities I feel coming in for you will be expanded, but it still isn't ringing true to me yet that that's your ticket to financial and, and emotional success. Okay. All right. Dr. Jean, did you have anything on that? Yes. I think maybe she's going to need the one with the security at least for a few years, and then she can maybe fill in the freelance until she's her own boss. That sounds, sounds like a good plan, without a doubt, and I feel that's, that's probably the best approach for her. Um, Maria, thank you very much for your call. Thank you so much. It's helped me tremendously. I really appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure. Uh, keep in touch. Let us know how it turns out. Okay, I will. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Frank. Frank. All right. Uh, next up, um, it looks like we have Jean. Jean would like to know Hi, if she's Jean. going to be relocated or if she's going to get a new job. Jean, are you with us? Okay, Jean. I like Hi. her immediately, and I'm sure you do. We love the great people, especially when they <laughs> have the same name. This is going to be confusing. When I say, Jean, do you have any thoughts on this? I'll have to be very careful how I word this. But Jean, our caller, um, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, um, right now I have a, a kind of like a heavy issue in my work. And I don't know how to start it, but the thing is, it's kind of like it's too negative for me right now. And sometimes I cannot handle, but I just kind of working out to be patient and hoping that, hopefully, hoping that I can move on or just change job or something because it's kind of draining me every day. All right. So, what's your question to us? Where, where exactly do you want me to look? Are well, you going to get? Yeah, I can get the job this month, you know, this before the end of the year for the job that I love to work. All right, let me just scan your energy. And while I'm doing that, Dr. Jean, do you want to jump in with some comments while I scan while yeah. energy? I got the sense, I don't know if you ever called us before. You remind me of somebody who called about eight months ago. Are you in the healthcare field? No, ma'am. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm All on right, the office. You're in an office. Okay, but there's something draining you. You, you, you don't want to be more specific about what it is. Uh, it oh, sounds well, like more than just overloaded with work. It's not only for the work because I love work. The only problem is the people surround me that I can mm -hmm. feel the jealousy, kind of like greediness, everything that you can feel all the negative. Mm -hmm. And... For being me as an aggressive and, you know, kind of like work, kind of like things that whatever they want, I will do it. It's kind of like they, they thought that it's a jealousy thingy because the boss is kind of near to me, something like that. And always me is the one always been calling. This, this one, Gina. Yeah, so the, usually the problem with, with work is not the inability to do the job or even too much work, but uh, the people and you don't don't really feel like like you're at the same level. Um, they feel the boss favors you. Yeah, something like that. Well, it's maybe kind you of like need to move up. Maybe if you're above them, then you need to be in a position not only where you have the prestige and the favoritism, but where you also have a certain power or managerial type position and and then they kind of respect that believe it or not you know they don't respect it when you're supposedly their equal and you seem to be teacher's pet 
if you're more trained or more educated than these others, is there a possibility you can move into a supervisory position or maybe another department or something where you're not with these people constantly? Yeah, that's what I've been looking for because I'm applying some of the, you know, I've been applying for lots of uh, opening right now, but I don't know if there still the recession is in because what we what we heard is yes, they're all posting the job, but they're not yet accepting because they don't know when is the recession will gonna be stopped, and then they will gonna you know accept all the applicants. Well. Um, this is Lady Fontaine. I'm not feeling that. Uh, when you say that, I don't get any validation on that. So um, at least not in any quick period of time. Um, so I'm not necessarily feeling that, um, you know, by the end of the year there's going to be, you know, four dozen new job postings in the company that you're with. I do feel by summer of next year it's going to start opening up, but I don't feel it opening up significantly before that. I find uh, or I feel that a few um, like admin type positions may open up before that, but it doesn't feel like a diversity um, of, of you know choices at this company uh -huh. anyhow. When I scan your energy gene, it kind of feels to me um, that there's going to be a little bit of, because you asked me for the dream job, and for your dream job, it feels it, it's a bit in the future. I mean, I'm not seeing that opportunity uh, manifest for you right away. What I am seeing is an opportunity for you at different, it feels like different company, different everything. Um, opening up for you. There's actually something in January that I feel will come up, but it doesn't feel 100% right or aligned with your energy. If you choose uh -huh. to take that, that job, it feels to me it's going to be okay, but it doesn't feel to me that it's, quote, unquote, that dream job kind of uh -huh. scenario. Dream job scenario um, kind of feels to me will open up for you I'm struggling between April and May of 2011. Um, just there, there's an opportunity that will manifest for you. Let me say in 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 the spring, could even be early summer, um, that feels extremely aligned, extremely aligned with your energy. Feels higher level than you are right now. So whatever you're doing, you're going to be doing more. Um, mm -hmm. I do very strongly believe you're a hard worker. Your energy comes through that way. I feel um, you're 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 it almost feels to me, in a way, animated at what you do. You're very forthright in in how you do your job, and very um, you, I don't know, energetic. I mean, you put a lot of um, of yourself into what you do, and I feel that this new opportunity where you're that's going to open up for you in the spring of 2011 is going to afford you the opportunity to be yourself and to sort of rise to the occasion, and I feel there's going to be people that, instead of where you are now, where people are sort of alienating you for your work ethics, I feel it's going to be very much embraced, and that's why it just feels so well aligned with your energy. It feels um, like a tremendous career path with opportunities exists for you in this opportunity that I see for you in um, spring of 2011. You know, but if you get in that desperate mode um, and you take the job that's going to manifest for you in January of 2011, 
you know, it feels okay. It doesn't feel great by any means. If you choose to stay where you are, um, I do feel that job postings will really spurt up in early summer of 2011. There does feel to me to be one possible opportunity for you that feels pretty good for you, still doesn't feel as good as this other job that I see outside of the company. Um, uh -huh. Actually feels to me working for a female, feels to me a female that you have some sort of relationship with now or that knows of you, but it kind of feels like you've almost worked with this person before. Um, and it also feels to me that between now and June or July or whatever that that time is in two th early in uh, mid-2011 where the job postings start coming up, um, feels to me there's going to be some organizational shifts and changes in the company that you're working for as well. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right for that, Lady Fontaine. Actually, um, we're going to have a uh, changes of our company for another, you know, for another company, and that's also one of the reasons too that I'm looking for another job because I didn't see myself there to be staying. You know, the negativity I can sometimes I can work for us because I know that every place you go, there's gonna be always a people like this. So it's kind of like it's also the same thing that we're talking about. That I love my job and I work hard. I give you know, my effort to my job, but sometimes it's kind of draining the people who surround you that instead of uh, instead of praising you, they kind of like put you down. Yeah, that happens when you do well at something. Now, there are different degrees of envy. There are some people that don't want to do any work at all, and if they see you working hard and working well and earning the boss's praise, immediately they turn against you because they feel that your hard work shows them up to be what they are, very lazy and unambitious. Mm -hmm. Then there are places where everybody's sort of ambitious and, you know, again, they, they still want to be on top and they feel if you're doing too well that uh, they have to kind of like vote you off, like, like the Survivor, the reality show where you have to do well but not too well. Uh, you know, but the other thing is sometimes when people are very busy with their own work and with their own goals and getting a job accomplished, sometimes that's the good thing I find about creative work, where people really don't have that much time to uh, to play little office games and be jealous and, you know, because everybody's so involved in their own projects. And, and you're probably heading toward more creative uh, kind of independent contracting, working for yourself, freelance, uh, maybe that would be better, or working with one person who might be a boss, but he or she's sort of like a partner, like Lady Fontaine said, and they really appreciate you doing well, because when you do well, they do well. Yes. It's yes. a win-win situation. Now it sounds like <laughs> these people view it as a win-lose. You know, you win, they, they lose. You you look good, they look bad, and that's that's the wrong kind of place to be in because if anything you never can learn or do anything new you just have to stay stuck in the rush gossiping all day long about everything yes. yes this is true so um so my um my next just only my next question to follow up is if i stay on the uh, until the springtime to find you know to wait from this new opportunity do you think there's going to be a changes environment or are they going to be still negative on me? Um, if you 
take this this other opportunity that I feel working for this woman, it's going to be a lot better environment for you, and I feel you're going to get the support that you don't get right now. Um, so it feels good. I wouldn't at all suggest that you, you know, stay, hang out and stay there if I didn't feel it would be a lot better for you. It still doesn't feel like the dream job, but it feels mm-hmm. significantly better than where you are. You know, by staying where you are right now, um, you know, it, there are some benefits in it without a doubt. But um, And I don't mean staying in the department you're in, but making this change with this other opportunity that with working for this woman. But it feels like it has, you know, potential for you, and it does not feel as constrained or restrained as it is right now or as stressful as it is for you right now. Not, I would say there's going to be a 75% improvement. Oh, that's great. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, All right. Thank well, lots you, of luck. Let us know. Let us know how it works out. Uh, I will. I will. Thank you, Lady Fontaine and Miss Jean. Have a good thank night. You. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Bye bye. All right. Um, I don't know if Frank is still with us because he's gone off to do his show. I think. Um, uh, let me see who our next caller is. Just give me one minute here, and I'll figure this out. All right, we're going to be taking Mark next. Mark, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Hi, Hi how are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Good, good. So um, how can we help you? Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Okay, me and my um, my girlfriend for two years, we just recently got married. Mm-hmm. And Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Please will be off to a... a uh, I guess a shaky, I see a shaky start. She's pretty um, uncertain about the, the whole situation and questioning why we're unable to work. We feel the love is there, but she feels that something is missing and that something is hindering us, and she's just questioning what that could possibly be. Um, can you give me her first name? Lamise. All right. Let me just... And her energy. Um, you know, I feel a lot of fear in her energy, a lot of fear. Um, and, and a lot of this really, I feel, has nothing to do, and, and Dr. Jean could probably talk about it better than I, but I feel has nothing to do with you or the relationship with you. I feel a lot of this stuff um, is almost like a lot of drama in her life with her mom. Did she have a lot of drama in her early um, days with her mom. Do you know? Yes, yeah, she she's mentioned it. We've talked about yeah. it in the past a lot of times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, for some reason that to me, I feel it weighs so heavily on her, and I feel you know a part of her has switched off. Um, we'll ask Dr. Jean about this in a minute, but it feels to me that it's it's somehow protecting herself. She's trying to do that. It, I guess it's the abandonment issues that are surfacing on her. Um, I'm actually feeling, like you said, um, Mark, that the love is still there, and I definitely feel it's still there. It just has that feel to me that she's so afraid of losing and so afraid um, of things, you know, not working out that a part of her is shut down, and it's sort of preventing her from allowing herself to really emerge and, and, and play this role as far as being a wife. Dr. Jean, do you feel this is an abandonment issue with her? What do you say? I don't know. If the mother was very domineering. I got the sense that she's kind of used to being 
told what to do and having to hide parts of herself, which you can do when you're not married or living together, once you're together, if you didn't live together before, you know, now there's nowhere to go. It's like no turning back. And aside from that, she's not really used to being the lady of the house and having to make the decisions. And uh, I get the sense that that is uh, an issue as well as, once you get married, people start saying, okay, when are you going to have kids? And if she has unresolved issues with her own mom, she's not really ready to start a family. Have the two of you talked about, uh, you know, these issues? I get the sense your, fam- your family was a lot more easygoing and uh, you're a much calmer person than she is. And, and maybe she does, she really feels that, you know, you only understand down to a certain level, but you don't see, as Lady Fontaine said, how much damage some some dysfunctional or overly emotional or domineering parents can do to their kids. Yeah, we definitely you know had some long nights and conversations about those those topics. So you you are right in that sense. Uh, you know what I yeah, don't don't downplay what she's feeling. You know that's uh, just because you you didn't go through. You were lucky, and it shows your parents a little bit better than she chose her parents. Uh, you know, there's there's something real there that that you can't just get over with willpower. Would be great if you could, but it takes a lot of adjusting. And that's probably one of the most important things, Mark. Is just don't don't think if you can try not to think about oh, the marriage isn't going to work or it's not panning out, just live in the moment and support her and validate her and her fears. And, and you know, when she tells you about things that might have occurred in her childhood or, or things that she feels, if you could say something like, I understand, rather than try to hold her accountable for it, because I don't feel she understands, the truly understands why she feels the way she feels. I mean, her energy feels like to me, as if she processes so much in her head and she analyzes and overanalyzes and reanalyzes the same da- data time in and time out and drives herself nuts being so cerebral, so in her brain, um, rather than truly, you know, what it is that she feels and wants because I-, I feel she doesn't know. So the more understanding and the more patient you could be with her, don't, it would be great, but don't make any decisions now to walk away from this. I feel if either one of you do that, you're going to have regrets in the future. You really are. Try to work through this or give her some time and space. If you could either individually or together as a couple go into counseling, that would be great. But I really feel so much stuff from her childhood that's truly hindering her. And they feel, you know, um, it just feels very powerful. She, Some people, you know, bury it so deep. Um, her stuff is obviously very deep, but she carries it so close, you know, to her heart. She really does, and it's really affecting her and impacting her um, ability to be in a loving relationship. And honestly, I feel most of this stuff was there before you guys got married. It's just, it felt different then for you, I feel. I kind of feel you felt, uh, you know, once we're married, things will be different or things will be better but they've sort of gone somewhat downhill. And, and I know that you're doubting things, but my gut feeling is if you guys can work through this as a couple, um, individually and together, I do feel the potential for you guys to have a good marriage is definitely there. Okay. So, I guess my, 
last question, do you feel that, you know, based on that uh, assessment with the the childhood issues that that causes some insecurities, you know, that reflected onto me? Absolutely. And Dr. Jean could probably answer that better than me. Jean? Oh, yeah. You know, you're her new family, so you're both mom and dad, and, and whatever issues she has unco- that are incomplete with, with her family of origin, it's going to spill over into the marriage. And now that she's, in a sense, uh, committed or, or trapped in the marriage, uh, you know, she's, she has nowhere to go, nowhere to hide from these feelings. And the fact that you you weren't raised in a similar environment to her, so you don't understand. It makes her, I think she feels weird and, and a little bit displaced. And she's got her own, yeah, 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 that's, that's a great word for it. She, she feels alienated. She feels strange. That She knows that she's the strange one, but she doesn't really know how to get out of it. So you can't laugh it off. You know, you just have to be open and accepting. And I know that's easier said than done, but uh, you were aware of this to some degree before marriage. And, yeah, marriage doesn't doesn't cure anything. It, it makes it more likely to, to be seen because you spend more time with the person. You're now a unit. It's true. It's true. Um, I hope this was helpful to you, Mark. We're almost out of time. Um, did that answer your questions? No, it really was, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure. Please keep in touch and let us know how things work out. Try to be patient. Try to give her support. Try not to look at her emotional state right now as rejection or doubt in her mind. What she's really doing is reaching out for you to, to give her more attention and more love and support. Okay. All right? You. Thank you. All right. This well, is my good first luck time to you. your show, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. You take care. Thank you. Don't forget to visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com to learn more about her or to schedule a private reading or life coaching session. Lady Fontaine is an internationally known psychic and life coach. You can also follow Lady Fontaine on Twitter, Facebook, and NING for her latest announcements. Also, please take a moment to make Eye on the Future a favorite here on Blog Talk Radio and send us a friend request to get special offers from Lady Fontaine. Please visit our show page on Blog Talk Radio for details on all of our co-hosts along with their contact information. Be sure to send your questions to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com to have your questions answered live on the air by Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo. Well, thank you, Frank. We had some really great callers tonight. I think this was an absolutely great show. So thank you all for calling. Thank you all for listening. And be sure to tune in next week for more of Dr. Jean and myself taking your calls live here on the air. Don't miss it. Um, also, I want to thank all the the uh, listeners and the for the great, great, great mailbag questions. Dr. Jean, they get better and better every week, don't they? Well, they do. Um, (laughs) And thank you to all our listeners for inviting us into your homes and lives. We love hearing from you. Thank you to my co-hosts, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Julie Zellman. Special thanks to Rachel Look. We wish her a speedy recovery and hope to see her back here next week. Many blessings to each of you, and I am in gratitude to all of you. Have a wonderful week, and remember to honor yourself. 
automatic, and you'll automatically draw on countless experiences that honor you. Paranormal enthusiasts, remember to tune into Frank Todaro's The Invisible World. Either call 718-508-9285 or check out the show page here on Blog Talk Radio for The Invisible World. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week. And remember to reclaim you. We are here to honor and support you and provide you with the, the guidance to help you aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all.